If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 2. Last week, we were uh, looking at how to anchor our hope in the blessings of God so that we have stability and security and safety uh, regardless of the circumstance. We were looking at Psalm chapter 1. Today, we're moving to Psalm chapter 2. And again, we're looking at the power of hope that God makes available to those who trust in him and who believe in him and who follow after him. Uh, And we are in a day and time where uh, people need hope. In a recent survey uh, conducted at the end of March by the American Psychiatric Association, uh, they reported that 48% of Americans are anxious about the possibility of uh, contracting coronavirus. 48% of Americans. Uh, Goes on and says 40% of Americans are anxious about becoming seriously ill or even dying because of COVID-19. But get this, a whopping 62% of Americans are anxious about the possibility of a loved one contracting the virus, becoming seriously ill, and even dying. Uh, That is a wide swath uh, of our nation today, and you can multiply that worldwide. I'm kind of people are living in chaos. But in the midst of the chaos, God offers hope that moves us beyond uh, the turmoil that this season and these circumstances bring. In Psalm chapter two, we see that the world is in turmoil. Uh, The psalmist begins by saying in verse one, why do the nations rage? That term rage means to be overwhelmed with anxiety and fear, be caught up in a sense of chaos and calamity. Why do the nations rage? The people are plotting and the nations are raging because they are overwhelmed with chaos. But today what we discover is God's answer to those chaotic hearts and those chaotic circumstances. He gives his answer to that chaos in verse 6. Uh, Psalm chapter 2, verse 6, God makes this simple sentence, this simple statement. He says, yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. He's pointing to the earthly king, whether it's David or Solomon or Hezekiah or some other king. Uh, He's pointing to uh, that earthly king, but as we look at this passage, as the early church did, especially in Acts, as we look at this passage through the lens of the New Testament, we see that the uh, living God was pointing us not to some earthly king, but the living God was pointing us to his king, the king, Jesus Christ. So what the psalmist describes and what God declares in this passage for you and for me is that God gives us hope beyond chaos through Jesus Christ, 
our king. God gives us hope that will lead us beyond the chaos of this season and the chaos that's within our soul, and it happens through Jesus. Jesus is the lifeline that connects us to God, and God is the source of all hope. A hope that isn't just well-wishing, but rather it is a hope with certain confidence that God is in control and that he's moving his people toward the good and toward his purpose. We have hope today if we have Jesus Christ. But that's part of the problem uh, as this psalm begins in verses one through three, part of the problem is that people were living in the chaos that was created by rebellious hearts. Uh, Let's look at verses one through three. And uh, we're going to kind of map this out, listening to what chaos has to say, listening to what hope has to say, listening to what Jesus has to say, and then uh, coming to a conclusion, looking at what we ought to say. So in verses one through three, we hear what chaos declares. Uh, the, The psalmist asks, with surprise, why do the nations rage? Why do the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together, now here it is, against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Chaos declares that God is not the boss of me. The world was in turmoil because they had chaotic hearts. Their hearts were in chaos because they were rebelling against God. They said, hey, listen, we don't want God to have control of us. God will not be the boss of me. Uh, Perhaps they were looking at the circumstances in which they were living and they were thinking God is not the one that we need to turn to to give us an answer for these chaotic times. And so they embraced chaotic hearts. A heart of rebellion against God leads to chaos. This is what Paul was talking about in Ephesians chapter two. In Ephesians chapter two, verses one through three, he says that we were rebellious, we were disobedient, we were separated from God, and we were dead in our sin and trespass. But beginning in verse four, uh, Paul says, but God who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ Jesus. By grace you have been saved. And then uh, down in verse 10, he says, and we who are in Christ, we're a special work of art made by the hands of a loving God. He goes on and in verse 12, he describes again the way we once were when we were rebellious against God, when we were separated from him. In Ephesians 2.12, he says that we once were living without God and because we were living without God, we were living without hope in this world. Now that is the testimony of the world in chaos. That's the testimony of my heart in chaos. Friends, please understand that chaos declares God is not the boss of me. And and independence from God is not hope. Independence from God 
is not freedom. Independence from God is chaos. And when we live our lives with chaotic hearts, determining that what God wants is not what I'll do, determining that what God says is not what I'll believe, determining that what God gives is not what I'll receive, when we live with that kind of rebellion against God, then we are choosing chaos. Chaotic hearts in the midst of chaotic circumstances, chaotic hearts that lead to chaotic circumstances. When we are independent from God, we're living without hope, we're living in chaos. Chaos declares that God is not the boss of me. But then God speaks. Beginning in verse four, he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his laugh and distress them in his deep displeasure. And here's what he says, verse six. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. In response to the chaos, in response to chaotic hearts, in response to chaotic circumstances, God responds with words of hope that don't sound like hope here. Verses four and five, it sounds like God's bringing judgment, but it's not judgment, it's hope. When we look at this passage through the lens of what God has provided in the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus himself, we see that hope is speaking. And hope declares God sends Jesus to us. God sends Jesus to our rescue. Verse 6 is the verse that promises hope to chaotic times and chaotic hearts. It is through Jesus that we who were dead in our trespass are made alive and saved by God's grace. We can have hope. We once, who were far off, from God have been brought near through the blood of Jesus Christ. God sends Jesus to our rescue. God meets chaos by sending Jesus the king to set things right, to set things right in your heart and mine, to set things right in this world. God delivers hope to our hearts through the coming of his king. And Jesus is the only hope to chaotic hearts and chaotic circumstances. There is no hope apart from Jesus. Why is that? Well, because we know that Jesus is the only way for us to get to God. The only way for us to enter into the family of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. If Jesus had not come to die on a cross, then we would all be lost in our sin, dead in our trespass, hopeless without God in this world. If Jesus had not come, if he had not been raised from the dead, we would live a hopeless existence seeing that death is the dismal portal to pain and misery and there's nothing other than that. But because God sends Jesus, he sends us hope. Hope that we can sit at the table 
of the creator of the cosmos, that we can be sons and daughters of God. But that only happens through Jesus, through faith in him, faith in his death on the cross as payment for our sin and his resurrection from the dead as an offering of new life. God gives us hope by giving us Jesus. Where chaos declares, God is not the boss of me, hope declares, God sends us Jesus. And Jesus declares, the victory is mine. And Jesus speaks in in this passage, in this psalm. If you begin there in verse seven, I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. Now, this is Jesus speaking, and we know this through different passages in the New Testament, but uh, Jesus is speaking in verse seven. He says, I'll declare the decree that the Lord has said to me, and here's the decree, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, you shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, what is the imagery here? It is Jesus declaring God has given the victory to him. It is Jesus entering the scene of human history with victory in his hands. And he tackles chaos and all the rebellion against God and he brings it to their knees. God has sent Jesus to bring victory to those of us crippled by chaos. Jesus has come and victory is in his hands. It is victory that he had as God become flesh dwelt among us. It is victory that he possessed as the suffering servant gone to die for sinners upon a cross. It is the victory that he had ultimately as the stone rolled away and Jesus is raised from the dead. This is Jesus. He is king and his is the victory. Friends, this is where hope resides. It resides not in our strength, not in our abilities, but in Jesus who declares victory is mine. We see this victory as Jesus faces down demons during his earthly ministry and they flee. We see this victory as Jesus faces down disease and it disappears. We see this as Jesus faces down sin and kills it on a cross. We see this as Jesus faces down hell and all of its horde and all of its minion and the devil himself as he resides in the grave. And three days later, the stone is rolled away and he is resurrected in victory. And there is our living hope. Friends, just as Jesus conquered sin on a cross and death and hell through a resurrection, He conquers chaotic hearts today to give us hope. A heart of rebellion against him can be conquered by God's glorious grace that gives us new life through faith in Jesus. And just as Jesus commanded the wind and wave and they obeyed, so Jesus conquers chaotic circumstances and with a whisper of his will, Chaos flees. 
today, Jesus declares that the victory is mine and all chaos bends to his declaration. Chaos declares, God is not the boss of me. Hope declares, God sends us Jesus. Jesus declares, victory is mine, but what will we declare? Well, this psalm teaches us what we ought to declare. We ought to declare that Jesus is our king. Look at verses 10 through 12. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. What must we say? What must we declare? We must declare that Jesus is our king. When Jesus is our king, we have victory over the chaos of sin through faith in him. Our chaotic hearts are healed and filled with hope through the death of Christ on a cross in our place for our sin. Forgiveness belongs to us and we're brought into the family of God. When Jesus is our king, we have hope in the face of chaotic hearts. When Jesus is our king, we have hope over the chaotic circumstances that we may face. For make no mistake, if Jesus can bend the wind and wave, if Jesus can kill sin and demolish death, then certainly he can handle our chaotic circumstances today. Today, we ought to declare that Jesus is our king because in him we have hope because he is our lifeline to God. But the reality is that even as followers of Jesus, we struggle with midnight moments. Many Uh, If you take a survey of social media, even followers of Jesus can be wringing their hands in fearful dismay because of the circumstances that we face. Their chaotic hearts have been healed by uh, faith in Christ. Jesus has given victory over sin through his death and resurrection. But chaotic circumstances seem to be winning the day against the people of God. But friends, that's not, that's not the way God has designed us. That's certainly not the way he's designed our church. Our church is, is a living standard bearer of the hope that we have because God has sent us Jesus, our king, and we follow after him. But midnight moments can capture our attention so greatly that we tremble in fear rather than in faith. We live in despair rather than in hope. So how do we move from here to hope? How do we have hope beyond the chaos? Do you you know that hope means that we see the sunrise even at midnight? Hope means that we can see the sunrise 
even at midnight. And when we walk through those midnight moments in difficult circumstances, the midnight moments of joblessness, the midnight moments of finances gone south, the midnight moments of retirements that have bottomed out, the midnight moments of of family that have uh, uh, been struck with an illness, Uh, Those midnight moments of relationships that are in disrepair and and all of that is coming to an exclamation point because of close quarters in our home during this self-isolation. Those midnight moments of uncertainty, the midnight moments of what are we gonna do about tomorrow? The midnight moments hit all of us, but as followers of Jesus, we can move from here to hope. We can, we can have hope beyond these chaotic circumstances. We can see the sunrise even at the midnight because we see Jesus, because we're following him. What must we do to move from here to hope? What must we do to walk in hope beyond chaotic hearts and chaotic circumstances? Verses 10 through 12 give us some commands. Up to this point, it's just been describers, descriptors. Um, and, And now the psalmist gives us some commands. Verse 10, the command to us is to be wise in good days and bad. And the psalmist says, be wise, you kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. We need to be wise. Now, wisdom... Hope beyond uh, chaotic circumstances is found in wisdom, and wisdom is discovered in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We're not going to be wise if we don't fear the Lord. That's why chaotic hearts will never have hope, because they're living in rebellion against God. And the only way that we can be wise and find hope is when we are in submission to God. Chaos conquers us when we rebel against God, but chaos is conquered when we submit ourselves to God, when we live in submission to the will of God, trusting in the heart of God, living for the purposes of God, then we will see the sunrise in good days and bad. The first thing we need to do is be wise in good times and in bad times. It's easy to be wise in good times. Everything's happening just the way it should, but it's in those dark moments, in those midnight moments where submission to God doesn't hardly make sense, where we're tempted to rage and to plot vain things against God and his anointed, where we think that maybe I have a pathway that's better than God's pathway, even as followers of Jesus. Don't succumb to such temptations, but rather humble yourself before the Lord. Be wise and fear the Lord. Submit to him. If we're going to move to hope beyond the chaos, we must be wise in good days and in bad. Secondly, we must serve the Lord even on difficult days. We must serve the Lord even on difficult days. This service to the king is found in verse 11 and the beginning of verse 12. It says, serve the Lord with fear. Again, submission. Rejoice with trembling. Again, submission. Kiss the son. A picture of paying homage 
to Jesus, a picture of living in obedience to him, a, 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 a picture of serving his purpose while we walk through even the, the, the dark moments of midnight. Hope beyond chaos is found when we give ourselves to serve the Lord, to recognize him as the king and Lord over all the earth and even over our own lives. And this is easier to do on good days when everything's working just fine. Stock market's up, family relationships are humming, uh, the job is going well, school is uh, a cakewalk, everything is just fine and dandy. It's harder to do when things are not going so well, uh, when the darkness settles in around us. But in those moments, in those midnight moments, we begin to see the sunrise through serving the Lord. We see this played out in the early church. See, the early church, they understood that not everything that was going to happen to them was going to be uh, 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 rainbows and lollipops. And they understood that they were going to face difficult, challenging days. And certainly they did. And you remember in Acts chapter 2 uh, that Peter stood and he preached at Pentecost and thousands of people became followers of Jesus. An eruption of, the, uh, uh, of witness to God's grace through Jesus Christ uh, embarked, uh, uh, was let loose in Jerusalem. Thousands of people joined the movement of being followers of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 3, we see the same thing. Peter and John uh, there at the temple gates began to preach and, and, and thousands of people again come to faith in Jesus Christ. It seems like the church is on a roll. But in Acts chapter 4, persecution hits. The Sanhedrin, the religious leaders of the Jewish sect, they determined that they were going to put a stop to this Jesus movement. And so they arrested Peter and John and they commanded Peter and John not to preach in the name of Jesus any longer and not to declare that Jesus is my king. And they commanded Peter and John not to pursue God's purpose for them, not to serve the Lord any longer. As they're released from captivity and sent back uh, to uh, other leaders in the church, they go back to an upper room where the leaders and other people of the church have gathered together, and there's a prayer meeting going on, and, and I want you to hear what uh, the church did in response uh, to the persecution, to the midnight moments. In Acts chapter 4, verse 25, they quote Psalm chapter 2. They say, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. Verse 27, for truly against your servant Jesus whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Verse 29, now Lord, they began to see the sunrise in the midst of the midnight moments. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. 
by stretching out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. That is the picture of serving the Lord that we find erupting in our hearts when by hope we have confidence that God is in control and we belong to him and because we belong to him we can move forward and share with others who are hopeless because they're separated from God. We can share with boldness how they can find hope. We need to serve the Lord even more aggressively during these dark days. Every dark day is a, an opportunity that God gives the church to shine the light of Christ Jesus and share the hope that is found with him. Today, how do we move beyond chaos to hope? We serve the Lord even on difficult days. We're wise in good days and bad. And the third thing, and really sums up the whole psalm, is we must trust in the Lord at all times. The very last phrase, blessed are all those who trust in the Lord. Hope beyond chaos is found in putting our trust in Jesus. The choice is ours today. Will you trust yourself or you trust Jesus? Will you trust your your, your, your ability to navigate circumstances or will you trust Jesus? Will you trust your friends or will you trust Jesus? Will you trust your feelings or will you trust Jesus? When we determine to put our trust in Jesus at all times, then we're making a choice that we will no longer be captured with a chaotic, rebellious heart. We will no longer be captured in chaotic circumstances, but we will see the sunrise even in the midnight moments. We will trust the Lord. We'll trust the Lord. The choice is yours today. You can choose. You can choose blessing or you can choose cursing. You can choose hope or you can choose despair. You can choose victory or you can choose chaos. When we declare Jesus is my king and we live that out every day, then we're living in the hope that leads us beyond chaotic hearts and chaotic circumstances. When we declare Jesus is my king, we are believing that God sent Jesus to give us hope and that Jesus declares the victory belongs to him. And because we belong to Jesus, his victory now belongs to us. Today, I invite you to live in the hope that God sends our way. Live in the hope of Christ Jesus. I invite everybody to bow their heads in the room where you're gathered. Everyone, just close your eyes and just consider.
what God promises in this passage and what he offers to you and to me today. If you're here and you want to move beyond chaos into hope, if you're here today and you long to find healing for your rebel heart, the first step is to come to Christ by faith. Freedom, liberty, hope is never found in independence from God, but only in relationship with God. And the first step to find hope is to acknowledge that your sin has separated you from God and that you have no hope apart from Jesus Christ, that Jesus died for your sin upon a cross and that he was raised from the dead to give you new life. And today you can be forgiven forever. You can be brought into God's family. You can find hope. If you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, how do you move from here to hope? Again, submit to God. Walk in wisdom by submitting yourself to God. Serve the Lord. Share the story of God's great love with others today. And trust in the Lord. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you are separated from God by your sin and you long to experience new life, forgiveness for your sin and, and a new beginning for your life, I invite you to choose Christ today. The Bible tells us that if we will uh, acknowledge that Jesus is God's son and that God sent him uh, to die in our place upon a cross for our sin and acknowledge that God raised him from the dead, then we can be rescued. If we by faith turn from our sin and ourself and trust in Jesus and trust his death on the cross as payment for our sin and our only hope to be brought into God's family, if that's your heart's desire, I invite you to call upon the name of the Lord right now through prayer. The Bible tells us that if we cry out to God in prayer, reflecting our heart's desire to be brought into his family through faith in Jesus, then he will forgive our sin and bring us into his family. He'll give us a new heart and he'll give us a new life. And that can be yours today if you will call upon him by faith. You can pray this prayer in the room where you're gathered. Uh, you can pray this prayer, but it's not the words of the prayer that matter. It's the intent of your heart. If your desire is to become a follower of Jesus, to declare for the very first time, Jesus is my king, then I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Oh God, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and my sin has separated me from you. And I'm living with a chaotic heart, I'm living in rebellion against you, and I know that needs to change today. I believe that Jesus is your son, that he is God who became a man, that Jesus lived his life perfectly, and yet he died on a cross to pay for my sin. He died in my place so that if I place my trust in him, if I place my faith in him, then I can be forgiven my sin. I believe that Jesus died for my sin upon a cross, that he was raised from the dead so that I might have a new heart 
and a brand new life so that I might be brought into your family. So God, I place my faith in Jesus right now. His death on the cross as payment for my sin, his resurrection from the dead to give me a new life. I turn from my old ways of doing life, trusting in myself or others, uh, believing that I don't need you, oh God. I, I repent of that way of life and I turn toward Jesus and I declare, Jesus, you are my king. And I submit myself to your rule. Thank you, God, for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you for giving me a new life. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I invite you to text the Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, to the number on the screen, or you can email pastor at firstnorfolk.org, and we'll be in touch with you and share with you some next steps that you can take. Each week, almost each week, we have had someone uh, who has come to faith in Jesus Christ Uh, and followed him as a believer. And some of you listening today, this is your day and this is your time. Uh, So let us know so that we can uh, follow up and take those next steps with you. If you're a follower of Jesus, then I wanna encourage you to commit to serve the Lord as sons and daughters of the living God. You've been brought into his family so that you can be wise, submitted to him, so that you can trust him, that he's uh, with confidence, trust that he's in control and he's got every circumstance. But friends, let's not forget to serve him, to speak with boldness how Jesus has changed our lives. So I wanna encourage you again this week, take the time to share your story with others on social media platform that you choose will you share the story of how Jesus has rescued you and has given you new life you share that story on uh, social media platform and you put hashtag my story and you attach at first Norfolk and you let us know that you're sharing your story I'm so excited to see those stories and I know that the gospel is unleashing through the seven cities of Hampton Roads and even around the world as we speak the word of his saving rescue to others.